there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies, how's it going? If you tuned in last week to T4C, you heard from five amazing, badass 20 something ladies in all different careers. Well, this week, I'm featuring five badass 20 something guys, and one of them is probably just like many of you. That's because he's in college. But where he's probably not like most of you is that this Java junkie is actually already the CEO of his own company. So grab your mug and take a great big chug of a delicious caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And before I officially introduce you to Rob Karp, the CEO of Miles Ahead, I need to tell you that this is one of the dozen or so interviews I did in the early days of Time for Coffee. And back then, I hadn't settled on exactly how I wanted to introduce my guest, so I didn't actually introduce him live during the interview. So thanks so much for your understanding. And make sure to sign up for the Java Junkies Journal on the T4C website at Time the number four coffee.org. That way you can learn ahead of time what episodes we're going to be featuring on the podcast that week. Now back to why you tuned in today. On this episode of Time for Coffee, I want to tell you about badass CEO Rob Carp, who is 20 years old and has just begun his senior year at Cornell University's School of Hotel Management. But even before he started college, in fact, when Rob was a day shy of his 15th birthday and still in high school, living at home, he started what has since become a successful luxury travel business called Miles Ahead. No two days are ever the same. I could be doing anything from conducting interviews to talking to a client, to meeting with a hotel, to training my team, to supporting the team. We hold three daily meetings, to conference calls, to running around the city, trying to make sure that hotel rooms are set up for VIPs the day before they come whatever. There's a lot of different things it entails. To even put the job description, we're problem solvers, we're fixers, and we're planners at the same time. And as the CEO, what are all the different hats that you're wearing? I know I've been on your website, milesahead.co, and I see that you've got at least 10 people who are featured there and you've got a finance director, marketing director, all kinds of folks. But as the CEO, those people are reporting to you. That's right. They are. And you were correct. There were many hats during the day. One hat could be travel planning hat. One hat could be leader hat, manager hat, running payroll hat, You know, making a decision on, hey, we've made a mistake. How do we fix that? And what are the resources that we have to go and fix that? Again, I think the biggest hat I have to wear during the day is the listening hat. So listening to... Listening to our clients, listening to our team, trying to understand, you know, because a lot of the time, if I'm not going to be involved in every conversation and I can't be. And so I rely and trust in my people that they're going to fill me in what's going on. When they need help, they're going to ask for it. I might sit down and say, okay, tell me what's going on. What are the pain points? What are the strong points? What do we need to do? Let's listen, let's collaborate, and let's figure out our action items and work through with people. And look, everyone who's working on our team is, at the end of the day, they, they are, they're students and they're younger people too. They're learning as we go. Not to say that they aren't fantastic, 
but we all work together to figure out what's the best thing to do and how do we make decisions as quickly and definitively as possible. We should probably share with our listeners your business model and how Miles Ahead got its name and how you really began this whole journey before you were even in college to help them kind of get a sense of how unique what you're doing is. Sure. I think that would be great. So briefly, I started this business the day before my 15th birthday, November 26, 2012. They always said I was born two to three weeks early and I've always kind of been early on everything I'm doing. And well, there was a business of 14. And that business just started helping people take the frequent flyer miles they had and help them turn it into free tickets using less miles or flying in a higher class of service that they could figure out on their own. Meaning someone might say, hey, it's 100,000 miles for me to fly coach to Europe, and I could find them a business class ticket for the same. And it was just a matter of really understanding how the airlines work, how points work, because they try to make it complicated. As the business grew, when I went to Cornell and when I graduated high school, I found other people and started to build a team. And the business transitioned to add another aspect to it planning high-end travel for people. Now, I wasn't traveling on all of these luxurious vacations when I grew up and didn't say, hey, I went to the Four Seasons every year. This is what I'm going to do. It came from our clients who tend to have a lot of miles, had disposable income to spend. And so they said, we trust you to do our flights. Why don't we trust you to also plan the rest of our travel? And I learned that it was a lucrative business to be in. So very quickly, I read up, I constantly networked, I talked to other travel advisors, I talked to airlines, hotels to learn what you needed to be successful in this business. And ultimately, I listened to our clients and they told me what they wanted and I figured out how to give it to them. So now today, I'm 20 years old. Business is five and a half years old. We have a team of 12. We will gross revenue probably between one to $1.2 million this year. And we are the fastest growing travel company, I think, in the travel space. And we are all 21 years or younger. That's pretty remarkable. We should also let folks know that you're at Cornell School of Hotel Administration. So you are probably one of the better schools in the country for the industry that you're in. I would say I'm very fortunate to be in a place that has incredible resources and a lot of support to allow me to do things that I couldn't do on my own. You know, the alumni that have gone there have, you know, chances are there's probably one out of every four or five general managers went to the hotel school or did some sort of like graduate or certificate program there. So are you tapping into these folks for clients, for counsel, for all the above? Oh, for sure. For all of it. I've always been very big on reaching out to people, asking for their help. All you can do is ask and all they can do is say no. Freshman year, we had an experience where our biggest client at the time was checking into a Four Seasons hotel. Everything we had arranged for him was not executed by the hotel. Something you just can't control. It was a disappointing situation. And everything we had set up and arranged for him was not arranged and we couldn't get any help from people at the, the hotel. And so we went into the Cornell School of Hotel Administration database, found a very senior contact at Four Seasons. It was Saturday at 5 p.m. We found his cell phone. We called him. He picked up, amazingly so. I explained in 30 seconds what I was doing, the school I went to. He gave me two minutes of his time. And half an hour later, we got a call from the hotel saying that everything was fixed. And the client was happy. That's the stuff that being at Cornell has allowed us to do. That's a 
pretty incredible level of access that you have through their database for sure. You know, I think that's the another part of the business that is so amazing that we love is the things and the lengths that we'll go to for our clients to make them happy, to keep them happy. How often has it happened, Rob, that you're studying something in one of your classes or courses and you're like, oh, that's something that I can bring to miles ahead? At least once a day. It happens all the time. It could be in an accounting class, learning about something I wasn't aware of. It could be in an organizational behavior class. Oh, what if I tried this out? I'll go try it out. It could be in... I took a mafia class while I was abroad this semester and learned about how they interact and how they do their business and the things that have made them successful. It's like, oh, you know what? gives you more and more perspective when you're in a relationship business. So how many hours a day are you working? Do you have certain blocks of time that you're at your desk or on your phone for work and then block out your time for classes? How does that work for you? Yeah. So I have an interesting situation. I wake up and I check my phone and I see what I need to do. When I'm in class during the year, I go to class. And when I'm out of class, I'm doing whatever I need to do. Sometimes that means getting up at six and staying up till midnight. Sometimes it could be getting up at nine and doing a few hours a day and being that. It's in our business, demand is challenging to predict. By all means, we know that over the holidays, people are going to be traveling and we'll do a lot of preparation beforehand to make sure that things are in the best possible position. But as I like to say to people, I wake up when I have energy. I go to sleep when I'm tired. And during the day, I could do anything from business to school to hang out with my friends. What is the best part of being in the travel industry? I'll take that question in two ways. The best part of being in the travel industry are the perks that you get. I mean, I have the ability and necessity for work to effectively travel the world and see some of the most beautiful places and understand them and analyze them and become an expert in them because our clients rely on us to do that. And while I'm traveling, I get to bring my friends with me. I get to bring my coworkers with me. And I get to develop relationships from anyone from, you know, a child we might meet in a little village in Morocco to the general manager of a hotel in Italy to just having dinner with a local family in a country and really learning about how they live, how unique it is, how different it might be from the lives that myself or my friends might live back in America. And to do that for free. Well, not necessarily for free, but at a much lower cost than the average traveler would. Okay. And you know what? My dad has always said to me, look, nothing in life is free. We have to be very cognizant and very careful that any time that we spend out of the office traveling, whether it be for pleasure or business, is time that we can't spend talking to our clients. Learning how to spend your time is a re- can be a real challenge. One of the great things that's happened, one of the many great things that's happened for Miles Ahead has been the fact that you have been building this business while you're at college and you have been taken on within one of the student business accelerators at Cornell, the eLab. First of all, explain to us what eLab is and how they've been helping Miles Ahead since you started working with them. So we were in the eLab last year. It's a sophomore year for me. And the interesting thing about the eLab is most companies come in with an idea. And the whole process is you get education, support, and mentorship to turn an idea into a business. And it ends with what we call Demo Day, where you give a 
you have a pitch in front of people who come to a Cornell entrepreneurship event. For us, it was we came in with a business, with a business that was doing well, and a business with a lot of problems. Where we ended up was we got all this support and mentorship and help to figure out how do we solve those problems? How do we get better? How do we improve? And that's where all this listening, communication, proactivity, and being innovative came in. Since then, we still rely on our mentors who we went through there. We talked to a lot of the companies we've, you know, we were a part of the incubator with. We've been invited to other pitch events to share our story. And I look back on that experience and Anytime I'm really having a problem or don't know what to do, I know that I have a network to reach out to. Fantastic. Can you give us an example of a piece of the business that they helped you with? Yeah. So our biggest challenge still today, and still was then, but we're a lot better, is organization. We did not have a way that we were tracking when all our clients were traveling. Today, we have an entire calendar knowing when everyone's going away. We get month reminders, two-week reminders, week before reminders, day before what we started new is we check in every single one of our clients' flights, meaning that we need to have everything from passport numbers to when they leave to flight numbers, confirmations, expiration dates. And if any one of those details does not match up correctly, it doesn't go through successfully. So I think the biggest thing we learn from them is organization and putting systems in places so it doesn't just rely on people, but a process. Looking back, Rob, on what you've accomplished since you were a day before turning 15, (laughs) were there any pivotal moments for you that you feel you could have gone in one direction but ended up going in another? I would say, yeah. I mean, when I just started the business about six months after, I remember I was in the car with my friends and their parents. And we're on our way to the midnight run we were doing with our synagogue. And one of my friend's parents turns to me and goes, I heard you started a business. I said, yeah, it's a travel business. She goes, I don't really understand it because I feel like I could do what you're doing better. I have never forgotten that. And that motivates me and it fires me up every single day. What about that? Was it the fact that she seemed dismissive of what you were doing or that there was no kind of secret sauce that she saw or what part of that was has uh, stuck with you? You know, it was the fact that I've always felt being young, I had a chip on my shoulder and that I needed to prove myself and go the extra mile to gain people's trust and for them to look at me with credibility and legitimacy. And any time that I I very rarely doubt myself, but if there's any time that I do doubt myself and my ability in this business, I'll think back to that. And I'll think where we've gotten from there. And that will help me push forward and say, look, I know we can do this. Take a step back, take a deep breath, and how do we move forward? If I can say this to you as somebody who has three decades on you, I don't think that's something that goes away with age. I think you become more comfortable. And by that, I mean, If you change industries, if you move into a different profession or a different aspect of the profession, there will be moments of self-doubt. There will be moments of questioning. And I think the difference between those who give up and those who continue are, you know, just those who are willing to dig a little deeper. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's the difference. And one of the things I love about being an entrepreneur And I think you bring up a great point that it's not something you can teach. It's something you really have to feel. And it's about how do you channel that feeling, embrace it, 
and get on, you know, amazing results about it to the point where, you know, I hold a very high bar for myself and for our team. But when we reach it, it's so fulfilling. It's one of the most fulfilling things in life, I think, in my opinion. And it must be even sweeter, Rob, when you've built it yourself. I'm very proud of what we have. At the same time, I'm like very grateful that I've had the ability to build it and support others and do it with a wonderful support team, which I would be nowhere without. It's very special to me. It's still like my baby. It's I feel like a part of me is is in miles ahead. So what would you say your superpower is? I think my superpower is to come into any situation, listen, understand what's going on, and execute. Execute could be solving a problem. It could be making magic happen, like getting an upgraded hotel, having a special amenity. I think if anyone's in a stressful situation, I just have this ability to figure out what the stress or the pain point is and make it go away. That is an awesome superpower. I, I, think, and I think my team would agree with that. I think that I thrive under pressure. So if you could do certain things over again, in particular in this business, what would you do differently? Be more thoughtful. Take it slower. Understand that there is tomorrow. Listen more. Meet more people. Ask more questions. And say less. Bite my tongue more. When you're young in general, there's so much you can learn from everyone around you. And you will have your time. You'll know. Your time to express your ideas and thoughts. That's not to say, though, don't speak up. It's just that listen to everyone around you. Be observant. You know, you can draw your conclusions from that. Go from there. Are there any skills that you wish you had now but don't? And how are you making do? I wish that I could be a better listener as much as I talk about listening and be better at taking a deep breath and stepping back from things and letting go on some things. I think letting go is the hardest thing to do as an entrepreneur and a person when you have something so close and special and impactful to you and you need to do it. I know that you are um, a terrific networker and the fact that you've built this business in such a short period of time from such a young age, I think is proof positive of that. What advice do you have to offer other young people for whom this doesn't come easily? Put yourself out there. The only thing that people can do is say no. And you never, you know, the thing is you never know what's going to happen when you try you know, this famous quote, like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's really true. I would still say 50% of the people I meet today look at me in confusion. And 50% of them are super interested and honestly look at what we've done in awe. And there's always going to be those people that doubt you and that's okay. And you have to do your best just not to take that personally. Learn from it, but move on to the next thing. Great advice. For the listeners, the Time for Coffee listeners who think that they may want to pursue a career in luxury travel or the travel industry, what do you recommend that they study, especially for those who are still in school? I don't think there's anything you need to study in particular. I think taking you know communications classes, management communication, even just writing classes is great. The better you can take something that is complicated, simplify that and describe it to someone, the better that you will be in a, the more, the stronger you'll be in a relationship business. Can you take us inside a conversation with clients and 
where you think those communication skills come in handy. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest place that it comes in handy is you might talk to a hotel based on what you hear from a client about, I need a suite connected to a room, or I need a room adjoining to another room because it were a family. If the hotel doesn't have the right solution that your client needs, we're not just going to say it doesn't exist. We're going to figure out what's the next best. So we had a client who was going on a ski vacation with his family, and he really wanted to have a suite connected to another room, connected to another room. There were no connecting rooms left in the hotel. There were, let alone, no connecting suites left to anything in the hotel. What we were able to work with the hotel and figure out was we could do a suite that was adjoining to another room, and then there was one door and the other room. Now, to take that and very simply put an email and say, hey, Mr. So-and-so, we can't do this, but based on what we've heard from you and we've worked with the hotel and our partners, here's what we can do for you. And what we actually did is not only communicated it to him with writing, but we had a hotel send us a floor plan. We went into Adobe Illustrator. We marked it up, made it very intuitive to read so he could visually see it. He saw it. He said, thank you so much. Book the trip. That was really a creative solution. And we knew, you know, what I try to think about these days, especially with the VIPs we work with, the less back and forth we have, the more clear it is and the less time spent, they are very busy people and that's what they want it to be like. I think about what are the 10 questions they might ask me? Let me figure out those questions first and have them prepared for them so that when they ask, we already know. What difference did it make? And at what point in the business did you decide that it would be good, smart business to affiliate with Valerie Wilson Travel and then with Virtuoso? How did that come about? Yeah. So the second that I realized that I really needed a big partner, someone who could help us grow and mentor us, I'm very lucky that I got was able to get in bed with Valerie Wilson. They're huge supporters of us. The way it works with Virtuoso is Valerie Wilson is a member of the Virtuoso Network. So by being a part of Valerie Wilson, we get access to all the Virtuoso Network has to offer. I'm also very, very honored and thrilled to share that just recently, I am actually up for nomination this year to become Virtuoso Rising Star for 2018. So I will find out at the end of or middle end of August if I uh, get the award. And what does that mean? Help our listeners appreciate the prestige of, of that. So Virtuoso is the most prestigious and largest network of travel advisors and suppliers in the luxury travel business, meaning there are 5,000 travel advisors and about 5,000 hotels, cruise lines, tour companies, airlines that are a part of the network. Every year, five people are nominated by the suppliers, so the people who you do business with, of five people for this award called Rising Star. They tend to be people in their late 20s, early 30s, may have switched careers or are on a, a very a successful path doing great. And they want to give them the recognition to take their career to the next level. Me at 20 years old and still in college, I think I am probably the first nominee to be a college student and a potential rising star. All of the, the other nominees were incredibly well qualified and talented, I believe are in their mid to late 20s, if not 30s. So it's a, you know, it'll be an uphill battle, but it's something that I'm just really honored to be a part of and I'm able to win the award. That would just be unbelievable. 
the final time for coffee question, Rob, is to share with our listeners about a time in your life where you really were struggling. It may be work-related, it may not be, but a personal story that could give comfort to those listeners who, you know, will be able to think back on this maybe when they drop the ball or when they screw up or go through a bad patch that it's possible to pick yourself up and recover. So I have an interesting example. And it's a great question. You know, I learned this about a year or so ago about priorities. You know, as great as a business is, in my opinion, your priorities need to be your friends and family, the people that love you and the people who you love. And I had a point in my life where I put my business in front of some of, you know, one of my best friends when he needed me and I wasn't there for him. And, you know, I'm appreciative that he sat me down and said, like, you need to change what's going on. Like, I'm okay now, but this wasn't cool. And that killed me. But I reflected on it. I took it as feedback. And now I know how to prioritize my life. And that was a learning lesson. Look, I'm young and everything, but I learned it the hard way. And sometimes you have to learn things the hard way so that you understand and you never do it again. And today I'm very proud to say that I'll drop anything I'm doing for the people that are important to me in my life. That is such an amazing life lesson to have internalized at such a young age. I shouldn't be surprised because you've done everything at such a young age, Rob. <sighs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I guess the bottom line is you and this friend are, are good. Now we're better friends than we ever been. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.